everybody, welcome to the Cinema Nerd Presents Made in the 90s. My name is Kyle Woods, and I am here as always with Dylan Shore. This week, we watched Bullworth. Dylan, what's Bullworth? Bullworth is a film from 1998 starring Warren Beatty, starring Warren, Warren, Warren Beatty, who also wrote it and stars in it. And directed it. Yeah, and directed it. Uh, He (laughs) is a U.S. senator who is just at the wit's end of his life and doesn't want to run for re-election. So he takes a hit out on his self and in his paranoid sleep deprived mania he goes on just a crazy rant tour around los angeles not caring what he says <laughs> rant tour is totally rant tour <laughs> <laughs> so before we go on this tour with with the ranting warren Beatty. Then what else have you been watching? I watched a Peter Bogdanovich film called What's Up Doc with Ryan oh, okay. O'Neill and Barbara Streisand. How was it? Very funny. Okay. I liked it a lot. Yes. Highly recommend that. Um, and then I watched the documentary Love Antosha. Antosha? The, it's about Anton Yelchin. Oh, okay. Sure. Oh, it's so, so good. So sad. Just, but just seemed like a great guy. Um, and then I watched these two like family films from the 70s but it's called Adventures of the Wilderness Family and it's about a dad who wants to get his family out of Los Angeles and into the wilderness so he packs up everything goes out into the wilderness and they live for the springtime they end up loving it, so they stay, which is the second one, and it's about their time during the winter season. And it's just super cheesy and ridiculous, like just one event after the other keeps happening. And uh, But I enjoyed it a lot. <laughs> cool. Yeah, yep. so I described as, wait, no, sorry. It, it sounded like you are describing the Swiss Family Robinson, and then I just saw something here called the Mountain <laughs> Family Robinson. I uh, love Swiss Family Robinson. And the funny thing is their name in the movie, they are the Robinsons. <laughs> if I remember correctly, that's their name. <laughs> yeah, this is. So the Mountain Family Robinson is the sequel to the sequel. Of? Of um, the Adventures of the Wilderness Family. And oh, okay. The Wilderness Family. So Dylan, you got one more film. I got one more to go, yeah. yeah but- <laughs> That's cool. I where did you watch this? The the first two are free with ads on Prime, Amazon Prime. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I watched it, but yeah, and my buddy recommended them to me, and I was like, yeah, fuck it, I'll watch it while I'm laying down, going to sleep, and it's just an enjoyable time. Yeah, it's cheesy, cheesy, but I love a, a cheesy kind of you know dumb fun, especially at the end of the day. That's the, the like my perfect unwind mood. Definitely, and it's got like because it's the seventies. There was no um, animal regulations, so oh, there's a shit ton of real wildlife fights with a dog. This dog gets them into all the fucking trouble, but uh, it, there's like some real fucking attacks with this dog and 
uh, it battling a bunch of wolves and then a fucking mountain lion. Oh, I and, don't know if I would enjoy that. Oh, but the dog fucking kicks ass. I'm but, sure he yeah. does, but <laughs> subjecting him to that peril is so upsetting. Oh, totally. It's so upsetting, but it's just like, damn, they got some crazy good footage. <laughs> Have you ever seen Roar? Lore. Roar. No. R-O-A-R. Oh, yeah. Of course, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, mention of the, uh, uh, Melanie Griffith, Tiffy Hedren. Yeah, the lion. That's lion. just a crazy story in general. Well, we don't have to unpack it here. I just felt it needed to be said. Definitely. <laughs> and the last one I watched was uh, I rewatched Alpha Dog because uh, I watched uh, that Anton Yelchin documentary. I was like, oh, I'll rewatch Alpha Dog. And it still holds up. Yeah. I like Nick Cassavetes. I remember liking that movie and. That's kind of all I could tell you about it. Fair enough. Yeah. That, How about you? What have you been watching? Is Timberlake in that one? Yep. Oh, and Emile Hirsch, is that right? Yep. Yeah, I like that movie. Yeah, they're both really good in it. Right on. All right, well, uh, in the spirit of kind of dumb fun when you're going to bed, I've been working my way <laughs> to Runaway Jury about 20 minutes at a time. That's just a good movie, though. Are you sure? Yeah. Gene Hackman, John Cusack, Rachel Weiss. I yeah. love that movie. It's got a great cast. And the, the whole jury is just full of like, Louise Guzman is one of the jurors. So it's full of that kind of character actor. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm really enjoying it. I don't know if I would call it a good movie. The plotting. It's a great courtroom drama and it's got some twists at the end. It's got, well, yeah, I mean, it's it's got a twist at the end, but it, it just, it telegraphs that twist so far in advance that you're just kind of, <laughs> you're waiting for the shoe to drop about John Cusack the whole time. You're like, come on, give me a break. And just like the, the sticks of it are really weird. And the, the, the kind of, I guess really what it is, is my suspension of disbelief never kicked in. So the oh, way okay. that they're kind of treating everything very seriously, but then doing things that can only exist within movie logic, I really, it just was really funny for me. I had a lot of fun watching this movie, but I can't get behind calling it a good film. (laughs) I haven't seen it in a while, but last time I watched it, I remember thoroughly enjoying it. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I enjoyed the hell out of it and totally would recommend it to people. If you like, like a dumb, fun movie, and a courtroom drama. This is really in the sweet spot. <laughs> okay, fair. All right, what else? Uh, I watched Extraction. Caught up with that one. Was it good? I heard the action scenes are the best part about it. Yeah, and it's kind of the only part about it. So for me, it's a real pretty successful action movie. It's they don't lean too heavily on plot. No, but there is you know, the resolution of the film is sort of thematically resonant with the plot that we've been watching because it's, you know, spoilers for Extraction, I guess. He, he's, he's extracting a young boy and is, his own child died and that <coughs> becomes thematically resonant as the plot sums up. And there's gotcha. a scene of Chris Hemsworth crying, which he's really good at. I, Chris Hemsworth is a movie star, you know? And yeah. it's a movie star movie, the action fucking rules and it goes on and it, it, yeah really had a lot of a lot of fun with it so if you're in for just like solid action movie be you can yep, do it a lot lot worse that's the next action movie on my list actually that i want to watch right on uh last thing i'll talk about is i 
just kind of over the weekend have been playing scrubs in the background while I've been like cooking and doing chores and stuff because I woke up to the news about Sam Lloyd um, and it really bummed me out, you know, and I, I uh, don't do a lot of like, oh, rest in peace celebrity shout outs, you know, not to say that this guy's extra special or whatever, but it, it, I was a little surprised by the way that it affected me. And so I like put on some of the blanks music that morning and okay. um, w- watched some scrubs. And he's just, he's so, 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 so talented and uh, will be missed. His, I, you know, I mentioned it somewhere else, but his, he, he blended pathos and hope and humor in this way that just, it was really well balanced, you know? And mm-hmm. so watched a lot of Scrubs and that show is good, you know? I never fully got into Scrubs. I've definitely seen episodes of it, but I never watched every episode. I definitely did. I was certainly a big fan. I haven't been back through it in a number of years. <laughs> um, the first season, especially, it feels like they're just kind of getting away with something. And I guess now that I'm saying it out loud, I remember hearing that they, they shot in an abandoned hospital. So they were way on location away from the studio. So I'm sure they felt a little kind of mm-hmm. rebels, you know, um, stepchildren, if you will. But it was, it's a, a funny, funny, funny show that I really, really like. Fucking A. Yeah. All right. So uh, shall we jump into Bullworth? Let's talk about Bullworth. All right, go ahead. Kick this off. Fuck You've never seen it, movie. right? Yeah, okay, wait. Let's try this again, because I want to I get that clean. <laughs> Fuck this movie. You don't like it at all? Nope. I really, I tried, man. For the first 15 minutes, I was kind of half on board. Like, it felt way too heavy for me, but I'm like, all right, I'm... I'm on board with the messaging of this, and it's at least a capably made thing, so let's see where this goes. I got some baggage coming into it, which is I am not a Warren Beatty fan. I don't okay. get it. He's one of the these uh, – yeah, we can, we'll talk more about that later, but I'm bringing that to this party, so I really had to, <laughs> you know, give myself that pep talk of, like, don't, don't judge it. Don't hate it from the beginning abandon your prejudices and let this movie happen to you. And the more it happened to me, the more I just like put my head in my hands and shook my head and just kept so, saying, fuck this. I can't believe we're still doing it. What didn't you like? Oh, uh, like, you know, so right after the credits start, there's that moment uh, that lasts until the credits uh, roll at the end of the movie. Those are, that's what Everything. I, I mean, Everything. You know, there's some stuff that I did like, um, high level. What I really don't like about this movie is that it just repeats itself. There's no dramatic tension to it at all. Uh, and where there is dramatic tension, <clears throat> pardon me, is confusing from a script level because Halle Berry's character resolution, her sort of like personal arc happens at the midpoint when she decides not to kill Warren Beatty. And then the mm-hmm. whole second half of the movie is her trying not to decide to. Well, she him. wasn't. She wasn't supposed to kill him. 
No, she right. was only supposed to lure him to the bedroom, and then the fat guy was going to push him off the rail. Right, but then she talks to the guy right before he has the heart attack, and he tells her to do Plan B. So her whole thing is, "What's Plan B? Am I Plan B? Whatever." And it's yeah, yeah. If she wants the money, now she has to kill him. Right. Um, but we already know she's not going to. Like she gets that information, and her immediate reaction is, "Fuck this, I'm out." Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a symptom of everything that's happening in this movie is like, we're all just being dragged along on this plot, even though everybody's already made another decision. It happens again with Oliver Platt and Josh Molina when they start doing coke and they've given up on his campaign, which isn't, is it such a funny reverse when Oliver Platt's talking to Larry King and he's like, no, I want this guy on my show. And Oliver Platt's like, yes, yes, that's what I've been saying. It should be a funny scene because Oliver Platt's really talented and that moment is set up for that exploitation. We want that turn. It's just, I don't know, there's so much about this movie that should work that just doesn't. And I chalk it up, I do blame Warren Beatty at a real (laughs) high level. Hear me out because I think the movie has script problems as I've just discussed, right? I can break them down in in more detail, but that's kind of the, the... through line of that is like there is no through line to this movie and it relies just on intense speechifying as a director we I, it's not even intense speechifying it's done through rap <laughs> oh, <laughs> like my it, god. oh my <laughs> fucking god fucking the homeless man tells him uh, you have to sing you have to sing be a spirit not a ghost which is how this yeah. movie fucking ends okay so well, that's such a great metaphor, though, and that's the whole point of the movie. Yes, great, good. I, I agree that it's a good metaphor. Like I said, the messaging of this movie, I'm all really <laughs> on board for. The way that it's executed, I think, is um, like maybe just past borderline offensive. And it's a movie that doesn't, it really is interested in trying to explore the stereotypes, but it mm-hmm. is always executing the stereotypes instead of exploring them or uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Deconstructing them. It's okay. It it wants to, but it just can't fucking do it. It leans so, and so that's where I think it's Warren Beatty as a director who deserves the blame because this movie is so in love with Bullworth, the character that Mm -hmm. he doesn't get the criticism that he deserves for all the horrible, horrible things that he's doing. He's only ever well, celebrated. For people do call him out on what he's doing, but in the black community, a lot of them are looking at him like, wow, this is the first white man that's actually willing to speak up about shit that is going on. Sure. And but he becomes their ghetto superstar. <laughs> Which that's the best thing. That's that's my favorite thing from this movie to answer the question is the original song from the soundtrack, <laughs> Ghetto Superstar by Maya featuring Praz. Fuck yeah. Yep. And ODB. <laughs> I'm paranoid at the things that I say. <laughs> okay. That's a good ODB. <laughs> um, where was I? I was derailed by the greatness of that song. <laughs> um, so, but okay, right. There, char- there are characters in the black community who are expressing a really important viewpoint, which is like, yeah, finally somebody's telling it like it is. Unfortunately, those characters are just broad stereotypes who don't have any, and like, uh, again, 
maybe just past offensive stereotypes, if not like just tropes. At best, they're tropes. At best, the characters in this movie are tropes. They're very few humans, right? White or um, white. I'm gonna disagree. I think Halle Berry's character is actually pretty fleshed out. Her two friends are the stereotypical friends. Oi. <laughs> Oi. Okay, so let's talk. How is what's what's Halle Berry's deal? You think that she is just a one of her friends? She's just this ghetto girl that's just living her life. She's calmer and quiet than the other ones. But then when he starts talking to her in the limo, he's like, do you know who Huey, um, Huey Newton? I think it was Huey Newton. And he's like, most girls your age don't know um, who Huey is. And uh, she, she just goes off on this tangent about him perceiving her as this stereotypical black woman and not understanding who one of the biggest black activists is. And sure. she says, Huey Newton served food on my block to the children. And she gets out of the car pissed off. Right on. And, you know, we find out later when we do meet her family that one of the other, like one of her brothers is named Marcus Garvey, or like she, she refers to one of them as Marcus Garvey. Uh, I think it's the one that's in trouble with Don Cheadle. Right on. So, again, this movie is concerned about those things, but she is just like, okay, so she's got two things. Fair enough. She's a killer and she's like... She's not, though. This would have been her first thing. Okay. She's never okay. killed anyone. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I think your, your point's definitely strongest about Halle Berry. She's probably the most interesting character and probably the most fleshed out. And, uh, I mean, she's a good actor. She can... She's bringing something yeah. here, you know, at least. Definitely. It's really Halle Berry. She's really good. Yeah, she's good. Um, so, to sum up my point about Beatty as a director, if we had more of that, if some of these other characters, like, so as a counterpoint, if we knew a little more about Oliver Platt or Josh Molina, who is in this movie for some reason, He's, a he's so, he barely has a word, but all of his reactions are so funny. He's just this weird little nerd that's just there. And like, there's a moment where he's just staring out into the, the distance forever. And the black girl sits next to him and just stares at him. And he oh. like looks at her and what does he say? Do you want to see my, my something, my yeah. something collection? Yeah. It's I just, really he's it. such a weird, random character. I loved it. He's also doing a lot of great eyeline acting, just the way that yes. he's like watching people converse with each other and chasing yep. cops around. He's fantastic for sure. And maybe if we weren't watching Bullworth give 15 minute speeches or just running, this movie is, you know, 10% him running through the streets of LA. And Fair. we spend a lot of time with that, like glorifying Bullworth in these scenes. So we could have had a little, little more character from anybody else in this movie. Okay. And I think it would have been better if we had. So the way that Warren Beatty loves Warren Beatty makes this a bad movie, in my eyes. I, you know, that's the position that I'm taking. Okay, okay. Yeah, no, that's usually the problem with trying to get people to watch this movie is just that they either, because they're younger and they just don't know who the fuck Warren Beatty is, yeah. or they just don't really care about Warren Beatty. I've never really like met anyone that actually loves this movie as, me as much as I do. <laughs> okay, so you love this movie. 
do. I think it's very fun. Don't get, it has its problems for sure. And I think it's actually mainly in the script and directing. I don't think the directing is terrible. I just think certain scenes go on a little too long. Uh, like I'm to defend this movie, I think Warren Beatty is a snappy director, and the mm -hmm. the action of it and the propulsiveness of it, and the sort of like, um, you know, he's kind of a, a formula. Uh, I don't want to say formulaic, but like he's kind of like the last of the. I'm having trouble putting this together because he was like New Hollywood, right? But even New Hollywood guys like Beatty and De Palma have this really formalistic approach to filmmaking so their mm -hmm. cameras are expressive but really kind of classic in in the way that they express things and i like that about this movie he's good at directing when he's not being this when it's not about him you know what i mean when the yeah anyways i'm sorry i interrupted you go ahead no no, no totally fine um i'm trying to think of where we can pick up so <laughs> the the whole thing he keeps going on about pretty much is, I mean, yes, that liberals don't care about the black community, that type of thing. But the, one of the bigger things is single payer healthcare, yeah. universal healthcare. Yeah. And um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Paul Servino. Yeah. Which also another thing I like about this movie is it's, Great to see Paul Servino in a different Not be a gangster. Yeah. I said that last night to my friend who was catching some of the beginning with me. I was like, you never see Paul Servino play a southern gentleman fucking lobbyist. Yeah, you always see him the gangster. And he was so calm. I watched him in every scene he was in, and it's just you can see the frustration building up in him with Bullworth not listening. And yeah. I think it really plays for obviously coming to the end of the movie when, spoilers, Bullworth is shot down in the streets of South Central. And you don't know for sure, but the camera shows Paul Sorvino standing up on whatever building is right there. And then uh, you cut back down and you see him and Halle, uh, Bullworth and Halle Berry going to the car and then a gunshot goes off and then everyone goes like, Where, where'd that shot come from? And you see his big bodyguards point up to where Paul Servino was standing. So. Right. But there's the camera guy, the paparazzi is the guy that shoots him, right? No, no. He, he's paparazzi. He works for that news agency. You always think he's a hitman. And then when he's doing the debate as well and they shut the lights off on him and he's silhouetted yeah. doing this little finger dance, there's someone in that building trying to kill him. Someone poisons his cup of coffee. Right. And you already know Halle Berry is not going to kill him. Right. So now there's that other uh, bit of story. You're like, who is doing this now? There's, there's two of those guys, right? There's that the paparazzi guy that's always with them. And then, oh, am I thinking of the dude who has the heart attack? Maybe I'm just confusing those two. The the guy that set up the whole thing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, Sean Astin is the camera crew that's following him. And he works for Laurie Metcalf. 
And then there's the paparazzi guy at the end with the dark glasses that's following him everywhere that gets is trying to get shots of him and Halle Berry in that dark room. Right. And then that one news lady comes out. I think she said she works for C-SPAN or some shit. And she's like, did you get the shot? Did you get the shot? And he's like, no, I'm trying, but they're not standing together. <laughs> right. Okay. Whatever. So that you did, you still thought he tried to kill him. I think the the I it's think the of, I think the language of the film is at least leading me to that question. But you know, in all fairness, I was pretty checked out by the end of it. So I was spending a lot of the movie with my head, like literally with my head on my hands, just being like, fuck this shit, is it over yet? So I might have missed some critical information because- Yes, Paul like, Sorvino assassinated him. I saw Paul Sorvino up there, right? Uh-huh. And then some, oh, I hate the word- Or he might not die. We don't know if he dies. I, I hope that he fucking does. I literally, that's my last note that I have here. It was like, well- You want him to be president? At least- Not the presidential now, nomination. Yeah. Everyone wants him to run. Even 15% of the Republicans. Fuck this movie. I uh, love that Obama came out and said, he was like, I wish I could go Bullworth on, on these people, but they wouldn't get it. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. Uh, I do, like, everything that he's saying is important. And I, I particularly, I think that the critique of white liberalism is maybe the most important thing in this movie. And it's Definitely. the reason that everybody should be aware of the ideas in this movie. <laughs> I just wish that it wasn't a born Beatty movie so that it was good, you know? See, I don't think Beatty is that bad. I don't know why Beatty's people- a good, Beatty is a good actor and he's actually a really good director. The mm, problem that Bugsy? I have is that he, what's that? Didn't he make Bugsy? Bugsy and McCabe and Mrs. Miller and no, he just acts in McCabe and Mrs. Oh, Miller. Oh right, sorry. Yeah, that's Altman. He's so good oh, in McCabe right. and Mrs. Right. Miller though. Um, uh, Dick Tracy. He also directed. I knew there was oh, another one. That movie's fucking crazy to watch. Its production design is nuts. I re- like that's a like a real like vibe adaptation of the actual comic like he really brought that world to life and he brings this world to some kind of life he is talented at these things the story with uh dick tracy is that he only uses the eight pure colors that the comic inks were printed in in that film that's why it looks looks just insane to, (laughs) to behold um so he no he gets what he's doing he knows what he's doing and he's making big choices just that he my only criticism my only real criticism is that he is at the center of all of his choices so nothing feels genuine or honest and he loves himself more than anything else so at moments where we really need to take Bullworth down a little bit the movie kind of does but then immediately makes a hero of him instead of letting this character have an arc and learn anything. And he does though. I think he does when he goes, when he finally is able to go to sleep and he wakes up and he's back in his refreshed state of mind and he's not in the 
the the sweatpants and the the sweatshirt and the beanie and the glasses. He's back in his normal attire. He's not rapping. He's not doing anything crazy. Talked about the rapping. I'm sorry. Continue. Oh yeah, no, we definitely gotta talk about the rapping. There's some funny raps in there. Okay. Is there not? Yes, there are. But he's like, you guys are all Jews. I can't remember exactly what he said, but he's just calling out the companies. And it's just, I think it's so funny. He's like, let's say that dirty word. Socialism. It all needs to be said. I just wish I didn't want to punch him the whole time. Oh my God, it's so funny. It's so fucking obnoxious. It just like, why? Okay. Because, so. We're so obnoxious, but isn't that the only way it will get heard? No, but it doesn't, and it never will, and that's not, uh, that's a whole other conversation. I just want to talk about this movie. Okay. <laughs> but, like, so, what, what's your read on Bullworth as a character? Like, is he <laughs> the hero of this story to you? Yes. No, 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 keep going. Okay, sorry, sorry, I was sorry. <laughs> you were... <laughs> Acknowledging your, that you're listening, and I appreciate that in this video conference <laughs> modality, but um, <laughs> sorry. So is he the hero of this movie to you, or is he uh... – okay, I'm going to not ask a question to make a statement, because it's, it, what I'm saying is I believe this movie fails at satire. I think that we're – this the scripting and sort of the inception of this movie – wants us to laugh at Beatty because he's such a caricature, right? Mm-hmm. But Although he, he's not, yes, he, I'm sorry, he becomes very cartoony and outlandish. Right. But that's but, not who he is. That's just this person he becomes in, in this moment. Okay, but for the period of time that we're watching him, you know, and that's set up by his mental state, right? He's totally... Even if he weren't sleep deprived, he's at his wit's end anyway, but he is like really, you know, straining mentally throughout mm-hmm. this story. So I think that the, in, the heart of this thing wants us to believe that he's a subject of ridicule, that he's a caricature of white liberalism. Oh, yes, yes. But the filmmaking wants us to believe that he's like a powerful orator and an inspirational figure, which I think is a popular idea, especially at the late 90s. So here's where our our show title comes into this conversation, because this movie comes out at a time when Jesse Ventura is governor and Arnold Schwarzenegger is on his way to governor, right? Four more years. Okay. But there's a thing happening in the, and Fred Thompson has been a senator for 20 years already. Um, But there's definitely something going on in the late 90s with, you know, the movie star politician thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of getting lost in my own thoughts here, but trying to. Okay, well, let me introduce this idea to you. Okay. Do you think the homeless black man is Beatty? No one else, no one else acknowledges the homeless black man besides Beatty. So is it a figment of his imagination that is telling him to do all of this? Or is it like a guardian angel type of thing? Or is he a real person? That makes this better. Okay. 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 I got it. (laughs) 
a lot of it's not happening. This is a real fucking St. Elsewhere. Like we got a Jacob's Ladder. We got a real Jacob's Ladder here. Totally. Because so, that makes a, that makes some of this make more sense, I guess, in the way that he views people and the way that these stereotypes keep cropping up. Wait, is this movie amazing? Hang on. So, it, so Warren Beatty's inner self is a homeless black man. No, no, Warren Beatty's inner self is still just shitty Warren Beatty, but he's okay. trying to reconcile with the way that he views black culture. Yes. He wants to be a better person, but he doesn't know how to express being a better person because he's only ever engaged with stereotypical thinking. And, mm -hmm. and Paul Sorvino's character points that out hardcore in the beginning of the movie. He's like, I got no problem with these African-American folk that are doctors and they do all this and they do all that. But the ones that are hitting them crack pipes and <laughs> talking about bitches and like stuff like that. And the quote is really or it's just like, oh, I don't think that's actually what's going on. He says something like that. Yeah, he definitely does. I, w I want to pull up the actual quote because it's really fucking good. It is really funny. Oh, he goes, I don't think you can, yeah, that's it. He's like, and all them crack pipes and setting fires and getting HIV. And he's like, yeah, that's what it is. Smoking crack and getting AIDS. That was the joke. Oh, shit. <laughs> I don't think you can get HIV from setting your house on fire. Or is something that what like that. <laughs> <laughs> It's something like that. <laughs> that's really fucking good. <laughs> okay, so I, you know, maybe maybe this movie does deserve credit for being way more satirical than I'm even seeing in it because it does end. So, like I started mentioning earlier, the movie ends with Bullworth dying, and I'm pretty happy about that. But then we get one last scene with the mystical Negro outside mm -hmm. of the hospital, mm -hmm. and I'm just, that to me that's referencing that he possibly could still be alive. Like he's inside of Cedars okay. getting treatment. Like I, I, I'm still not convinced that he's fully dead. All right, and maybe it is because it's <laughs> clearly at Cedars, you know? Um, and it does make it a better, <laughs> it makes it a better story if, if that is a guardian angel figure. Because otherwise you're just like, how is this dude getting around? Why is he in every scene? What is he's literally got access to a lot of places that no one else should. Yeah. He like pops up in the middle of like a paparazzi and he's like, you got to sing, Bullworth. What if Bullworth is, what, what if there's no, I'm going full fan theory in order to make me enjoy Bullworth. What if there's no actual Hitman arrangement and Bullworth has been so far out of it for so long that he, I mean, I realize like the actual plot mechanisms mean that other guy had to call Halle Berry and these other characters into the movie. Yeah, but, so it was already X-made. Okay, but <laughs> like most fan theories, we can ignore relevant details of the plot <laughs> to get at the more fun idea of Bullworth like trying to poison himself and loosening his own bolts, you know what I mean? But it's like a fight club scenario where he- Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm more into this movie when I'm I'm doing fan theories and like trying to get into some insane logic of it. Um, and I definitely think this is a toned down version of the the mystical black man. Like I, I there's some movies that are like where 
the like a uh, legend of bagger vance right. that one um uh shawshank um forrest gump um oh man i know i'm blanking on another one that's a good one i mean chubbs and happy gilmore is essentially the magical black man yeah fair enough uh, but like they're, they're usually like they're helping them get their goal and this guy like he does implement the idea of like sing a song be a spirit don't be a ghost and it's just about Bulwark trying to figure that out and what that means well I think if there is like a, a, a thematic resonance to this thing it is about speaking your truth right and being your whole self to everybody that you encounter, which is something that we've, we've kind of talked about. Actually, we were talking about it a lot with um, uh, Richard Kelly's movies. That's something that he comes back to a lot in terms of themes that he's dealing with. But um, I'm sorry, I just can't get past what this movie actually is to enjoy what it kind of wants to say because it doesn't really ever say it. And so since- It does, it just says it a lot. That, maybe that's it. It says it so much, so often that I really check the fuck yeah. out. Anytime they have a, a debate or he's at a conference talking to all of the, the heads of the companies, uh, it, they're definitely longer scenes. Like the, the, the debate where they close him off and like someone's trying to poison him in the background and mm. that scene goes on a little too long and then he leaves but then oliver platt is able to uh convince them to give S senator bullworth five more minutes so then they're just waiting around for him to come back to this place and i think that might i don't know there's always something with that part about staying there him leaving and then him coming back I don't know. There's something to that that I just, I don't know. I, I felt like could be written differently somehow. I, yeah, I mean, I think Aaron Sorkin has an uncredited uh, uh, credit on this. <laughs> yeah, and John Witherspoon also shows up for a, a scene. Um, yep, he's, they, uh, he shouts him out in the credits. Right like, on. right in the beginning of the credits, early on, he's like, uh, uh, I think it just says special thanks to John Witherspoon and then a couple of other people beneath oh, cool. him. Yeah, so I wonder... Yeah, so that's something else that like th this movie does well. Um, because Warren Beatty is an actor and a good actor, he knows good actors, so this thing is stacked. And the performances really are good, you know? Mm -hmm. There's nobody bullshitting. And yeah, I, it's a full of characters character actors that I love in roles that I would love to see them in. I just don't get to see them do anything because Warren Beatty has to do everything in this movie. And that's why I hate it that I've said 10,000 times. The more important reason that this movie is contemptible, actually before, one more thing is like you've said, the, the, the pacing is bad. That nightclub scene is like 15 minutes. Uh, yeah, but I, I understand that because he's partying all night so you're taken from midnight to sunrise essentially in 15 okay. minutes all right and like, i get that and there's a lot being explained in that nightclub 
you get yeah, by the end of introduction, you get Don Cheadle's introduction, even the the bartender, uh, the female bartender who ends up working for the fat dude that he hired. Uh, yeah, no, 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 totally. Uh, that guy is in run of the way jury, by the way. Is he really? Fuck yeah, he is. Nice. Um, okay, uh, so we didn't even talk about Don Cheadle. Okay, so that Don Cheadle is an example of was either very great about this movie or very bad about this movie. So if it's the hyper satire and this is, we're viewing like Bullworth's fever dream projection of the black community, then it's, that's pretty spot on brilliant. But if it's not, I like, I watched this feeling bad for him because the, the sort of like, he, ebonics like hard scare quotes the the dude just the accent that he's putting on feels really wrong for don Cheadle because hmm. and now now it's 20 years later but even think about him at this same time in no it would have been two years earlier right boogie nights is 96 97 i think okay so, so it's, it's right before this so that's <laughs> The, I don't know, man. It just, it feels like I can hear Warren Beatty at the edge of every take going, yeah, but like, but say it more street, Don. And Don going, okay, Warren, but that's not really how I would say it. You know, like, can I just talk like a human being? And See, I don't get that. See, for me, Don Cheadle's character is very well-spoken. He is yes, well-spoken. he uses a lot of curse words and stuff, but like, that's the character. He's this sophisticated businessman in the hood who has his group of soldiers his little soldiers and i think his moment of <clears throat> he's going off on bulwark telling him everything that the democrats and republicans do wrong right. and he says like what am i supposed to do like for my little soldiers like the school system's bullshit this this and this and bulwark goes little soldiers like it, it like hits him in that moment and uh, Bullworth decides to cut him off and just go blah, 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 and then start rapping at him. And the rap is just like, he's like, you can do this, you can do that, but no matter what, you're a scumbag. And he called him a scumbag. And in that moment, and he walks out the door. And in that moment, he's like, what the fuck? That guy's a scumbag. And he's calling me a scumbag. And uh, Bullworth goes off and does his little five minute debate on TV and he just reiterates everything Don Cheadle just told him. Sure. He says it word for word and Don Cheadle seeing that on TV, he's like, uh, fuck, like this guy is doing what we want him to do. And so when Cheadle's change, when he goes to Nina's house at the end, he comes in, they're slightly scared. And he's like, look, because uh, Bullworth has just like changed what is about to go down and he doesn't even know it because he's been asleep for the last two days so uh, Cheadle comes in and he's talking to Nina's brother and he goes look you can either pay me a, uh, you, I'm squashing the debt you don't have to pay me uh, but I have a reputation to uphold and if you don't want to do this thing with me which is like helping the community get back on the right ground um, uh 
oh fuck i'm sorry there's one more thing before he gets to nina's house don Cheadle's sitting there listening to bullworth and the kids come in he's like the the little soldiers yeah. he's like we got customers up, right? we got customers we need the product and Cheadle just he ignores him he doesn't give them the product and that's when they go to nina's house and uh he's like you can wear these casts around your legs because i have a reputation to uphold or we can just squash this and you're gonna help me start this new venture here and he's just like yeah fuck it I i'll help you and i think that's that character arc for him is like just seeing the middle line like yeah he what he's doing is bad and he's gonna try and change what okay. he's been doing but you're kind of pointing at exactly what i'm i'm talking about which is that that character arc is then just a white savior arc that's Bullworth coming in and saying, hey, listen, man, this is how you but have not. Your life now. And then it, it works. But all the ideas that he said came from Don Cheadle. Agreed. No, I, there, the, again, I, like the messaging of this movie is all really important and stuff that it I'm is. bored with. And I want more people to know and to be discussing and to agree with. The way and in the classic words of Roger Ebert, but, you know, this... A movie is about the way that it's about the things it's about. And the way that this movie is about those things is, it feels pandering to me. And like, maybe, I, like I said, I was uncomfortable. And I think the movie knows it's uncomfortable. And maybe it really- Oh yeah, it's trying to there push the boundaries. Where it's, it's actually pretty early. I can't remember where, where it is. What's the cut? I have it written down here somewhere. Um, but they, oh, I don't anymore, but there is a cut where, oh, you know what? It's when Bullworth is late for the first fundraiser, I think mm -hmm. it's at the Hollywood house, uh, when he pulls into the KFC after talking about fried chicken. And I'm just like, what are we doing here? There's an overlap cut where the host of the party is going, I'm getting uncomfortable with this. And then we cut over to the party what, that he's actually uncomfortable with. So I, you know, I, I think it, I think it's trying to do these things. I, for me, it just ends up failing a little bit. And where I'll point back to believing that it's a director problem and a Beatty problem is like the decision to have Halle Berry when they first are dancing. Mm -hmm. Do you remember her flicking her tongue? Mm -hmm. What, Very vividly. What the fuck is going on with that going on for like 30 seconds of tongue flicking? Keep going. Keep going. You haven't made it yet. No, they cut right there. <laughs> it's a lot of tongue flicking. It is. And it feels like a crazy choice. And, and there's like a song that's like, ha, ha, hi, oh, hi, oh, hi, 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 oh. <laughs> And maybe Halle Berry thinks that's the right thing for her character to be doing in that moment. Or maybe Warren Beatty thinks was like, flick your tongue at me. <laughs> motherfucker on the planet and this will be sexy at me. <coughs> and that's uh, a lot of that in this movie and I can't get past it, man. So that's, I guess that's, I'm, I'm going to stop right there. That's kind of my okay. reaction. Fair, fair enough. But I did slightly reel you in uh to the movie a little more didn't i when i like i said when i think of it as being a fever dream if this is all Bur bullworth's fever dream 
then I kind of like this movie. But what about if it's not his fever dream and it's just the, that is his inner guardian angel? Then I think the movie needs to do more work. Um, I think it needs to like actually deal with causality and the character. Yeah, there's none of that. Yeah, because it's not, it's not quite light enough to be a farce and like fairy tale, but it's not like poignant enough to be a satire and it's not punchy enough to be a, a, you know, just kind of a, a dumb comedy. It, it It's a little nothing. It's kind of everything and it's not working for me. Okay. Okay. One more thing. Just a scene that I love in it okay. is when he's walking to the cleaners and he get, he is next to all the, the little soldiers and they're talking and then the cops roll up. Mm-hmm. You don't like that scene? Nope. <laughs> I mean, I like the kernel of it. I like... I like the idea of giving. I just like the black kids that they don't give a fuck. He's like, I said, go fuck your mom. (laughs) He's like, okay, now I think you deserve an apology. And the the cop's like, I'm sorry. He's like, okay, now, now you. He's like, go fuck your mama, you pig cock sucker. (laughs) I love talking shit to cops. I love it. That shit makes me laugh. Yeah, good stuff. And uh, those. Most of those kids are. They've done a lot. There's, they've been yeah. in a few things. I've seen them in other stuff. Yeah, the, especially the really big one. Yeah, he shows up a lot for sure. So yeah, I don't know. There are moments within this movie that I'm. I, no, I can't, no, it always just goes a little too far. It's too, too much Warren Beatty loving Warren Beatty. That's a moment that in another movie I would maybe forgive, even though it's all totally right on the nose. But I'm just like. Uh, yeah i know man we get it i don't i don't know see i don't mind like that that kfc thing them pulling into kfc i think that is that's dumb humor like that like it's so ridiculous because it's so stereotypical but this white man who's probably never eaten kfc going to kfc just because he's in south central that makes me laugh (laughs) okay i and maybe i think that uh, I'm giving that moment credit for a different reason. I think that's the movie as an artifice announcing to us as an audience, like, no, we know you're uncomfortable. I'm, I'm trying to make totally. you more comfortable with this. Totally. So that's actually a really smart, uh, well, it's it's a good decision. I don't know if it's a smart joke or, a, a, you know. It, but it's it's definitely decision. not a smart joke, but you're right. It does put the audience in an uncomfortable position, but that is funny. Like, because yeah. the, the way you're perceiving this is that you're like, whoa, this is going too far. This is borderline racist. No, it's not. It's just, you can tell a, you can tell a joke without the connotation of being racist and still have the stereotypical humor in there. Absolutely. That, absolutely. That's never my criticism. And that's not what offends me about this movie. I, my problem is that in its critique of white liberalism, it mm-hmm. displays just exactly white liberalism in the way that Which, it... But that's why it's so... Yeah, and, and maybe that's brilliant. Maybe that's brilliant. He literally lays it out on the front line. And he does it in such a bombastic way that, at least for me in 1998 99 when i saw this i'm like 
I like I didn't fully understand the whole liberal agenda and what like I didn't know any of this sure but like him like rapping this I was like huh I I still don't fully get it but it's kind of going through my brain a little more than just listening to a politician talk okay and that's that's cool and that's important you know what I mean because I for sure like <laughs> you know listen to a lot of protest music of all varieties, but you know, there's a bunch of immortal technique in my deck. We'll just say that. Well, let's, let's, let's just put it up front. Uh, Bullworth is not a good rapper. (laughs) (laughs) He can rhyme. He rhymes really well, but he, it's so much of this though. Like it, cause okay. How much of this runtime is literally just him rapping? Like start rapping around probably 35 40 minutes in and, and then it goes like, until the last 30 minutes so like it's the middle chunk of the movie that he's rapping and there's a good several sequences like a half a dozen sequences or oh, something. oh no no no! he doesn't talk like even when he's talking it's right. rap right so him rhyme speaking the whole that's most of the movie but i mean like literally him just like there's moments when he's in conversation, but then there's the speech raps, right? Mm-hmm. There's several Even in normal conversation, he's tending to rhyme. And Oliver Platt's like, why is he rhyming now? Right. I understand that. <laughs> I get that. I hate it. I get it. <laughs> I love it. I think it's funny. <laughs> it's so much of the movie. And it's and so to accept your challenge, because I think maybe maybe there is real brilliance in the way that it's satirizing the subject matter that it's tackling because Mm -hmm. to be a thing while you're satirizing a thing is really really challenging and introduce another level of satire to what you're doing if you're in control of it and so if this was a creator that i had faith in going into this experience maybe i would think this movie was great if instead of warren Beatty whom I find obnoxious rapping his way through 40 minutes of this movie. It was, this is like a wild pitch, but maybe like Brendan Gleeson or, you know, somebody who has like a real kind of whimsy and, but also the gravity, you know, like can do big, heavy moments, but we'll, so he's just who popped into my mind. Um, (laughs) I'd love to hear Brendan Gleeson rapping. Well, especially the kind of like, you know, old white guy rap that this is. I think, I think Warren Beatty nails it. He has this defunct, disheveled uh, politician look. And seeing him change at, when he goes to that club, it's just like, he's like, this is a whole different world. And I'm now going to start singing. <laughs> like, it smoked that, that devil's lettuce. He smoked that joint in there too. Jazz cabbage. Yep. Jazz cabbage. (laughs) Never heard that one. Yeah, I'm in the the 30s slang for weed. That's a funny one. Um, So, okay. You're not fully on board with this movie. I'm not convinced that that's what was happening. I think it might be an effect of who made it. But that, you know... Great art happens by accident all the time. So maybe this is great and I'm just being too hard on it. Cause yeah, if there, if it was, 
tweak a few degrees. It's got so many things that I would absolutely love. Definitely. I couldn't get on board. Um, I do. I feel like I read this a little bit back, but uh, uh, the homeless man character played by Amiri Baraka, who is like a poet uh, yeah. activist. I believe Beatty let him write all of his dialogue. Cool. I, I could have swore I read that. And I, it's honestly, I, that's why I'm bringing it back up. I truly think that line of be a spirit, not, not a ghost. Spirit, it, don't be a ghost. It's, yeah. it's a metaphor for, and that's why he looks to the audience at the end of the movie. He's yeah. like, you have to be a spirit. Don't be no ghost. Because, uh, I don't know, I, like spirits, they're able to uh, leave and like transform and become well, something bigger the than they are. And the, the nature of poetry is that we, we get what that communicates. It's yeah. an incredible amount with just those few words. Oh, it's and so brilliant. He has the status that he has. It is really, it's a great line. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I'm really mad. I wish I would have... Maybe it's better than you think it is. <laughs> yeah, I just maybe maybe I hate Warren Beatty and I just can't get. Back. I honestly, from what it from how we've been talking, that there's two things that really bug you. Warren <laughs> Beatty, uh, not necessarily you said not necessarily his directing, but like his, but it's him that, directing, it's directing himself. himself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then how uncomfortable the rapping made you. No, it didn't make me, no, kind of. It didn't make me uncomfortable. I hated it. it like, <laughs> I'm okay with a little cringe. And like, honestly, I'm okay with, <laughs> I don't know, like a wild character breaking down a ton of information in a sing-songy way like that. But I, I, so if I have to get real, I can't believe I'm going fucking five mics in the source on this thing. But what really drives me nuts about it is that he can't commit to a rhyme structure. And the it was clearly he's not a rapper. But it was clearly written with verse and he's an actor. And like if we're trying to No, it, I think it's not written with verse. I think it's written with rhyme. It's just it, about rhyming every word. I I disagree. I'd have to look back and like really break down the script, which is something I'm totally unwilling to do but <laughs> i do feel like he there are moments where i feel like he's in control and there are moments where i feel like he really loses control of the meter and that's one of the things that makes amiri baraka great at what he does is because he understands cadence and rhythm and tone and i don't think warren Beatty does i think warren Beatty he's not supposed to then maybe that's it maybe this movie is Brilliant for all the reasons I think it sucks. I think what do you want it me to is. Say? Yep. <laughs> I love it. This was this was a great like yeah. discussion. I yeah, fucking love it. One. We should also we should find more movies that we really disagree about. Yep, <laughs> definitely. It's hard though because I thought you would actually dig on this, and I think you low key really do. I think you there's a lot sticking in your head, and there's just those few things that irk you about it. There's really just this one thing that irks me about it, and it's Warren Beatty. Every, I mean, 
like I've, I've been saying it, everything else this movie has to say, I want to say. And I'm glad we're talking about it so that we get a chance to say it to the eight people who download this. <laughs> but it, it's important to talk about. Socialism is the only answer to the world that we ha are faced with and the things that we need to do going forward. And the way that Democrats and Republicans you know, manipulate the political system, the way that our political system is set up for manipulation, aside from party politics, need to be addressed. Universal health care is a foundational human right, and equality should be at the center of all of our activities. And this movie wants all of us to know that. And for that, thank you. So cool, I guess, you know, good, 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 really good. Cool. And uh, I think it was also pretty ballsy to do it in the late 90s because there was that it was happening. Like, yeah. that's what, what it was on the pulse. It, it literally was hitting true to that moment. And it does express it in a very late 90s kind of, well, fucking Josh Molina is in this movie, like West Wing optimistic yeah. view yeah. of democracy yeah. and the American. And I think that. I think the rapping part really comes about from that era. Think how big <laughs> hip hop was. And how big, like, especially coming at the late 90s, how big in like that mid late 90s, the your boss rapping at the corporate retreat shit was. That all is, may, I don't know, maybe this, like I said, if it wasn't Warren Beatty, if we could just spin this a little bit because I do think even outside of that, okay, I'm, I'm coming back around. Okay. Give me a little less Beatty and a little more of these other characters and this movie could really, really be something. I do okay. like, I do like, oh, you know, I've said it. I'm just repeating myself. Yeah, no, I, I think we've said everything to say on the movie. <laughs> I think so. I, I think uh, Kyle is a secret fan of this movie. <laughs> uh, but uh, what an enjoyable discussion. I think Dylan's trying to red pill me into socialism and, and women's rights. Hey, man, I'm not saying everything about the socialist party is fucking perfect. <laughs> I just think universal health care should be fucking a thing. <laughs> it's a thing to me that it's not. Uh, single payer health insurance, health care, single payer. Well, as, a, as an American expat living abroad, I agree so fervently that I became an American expat living abroad. <laughs> Love it. You're never coming back. Uh, we'll see, man. We'll see how it goes. All right. Well, I'm Dylan Shore. I'm Kyle Woods. This is Made in the 90s. <laughs>